No? All right, so, you know, so this is Parsha, Parsha's Vikra, we begin the entire a new Sefer, Sefer Vikra. So, as we know, the end of uh, Sefer Shemais, all of Sefer Shemais, right, the Rabbanu took us in Mitzrayim, and we have the Mishkan built, and now the Rabbanu Shalom introduces us to what we're supposed to be doing in the Mishkan, right, all the Karbanas. So the Pasuk uh, begins Parsha's Vikra, Vikra El Maisha, that Hashem calls to Moshe, and Hashem speaks to Moshe, he calls to him, and he speaks to him from the oil might, from the Mishkan that was just built, Lamar, the following. And then the Pasuk goes on to talk about the Karbanas. So Rashi says like this, it's a funny thing, there's the only time where Hashem, is like Hashem's calling to Moshe, and, you know, come here, I have to tell you something. It's a funny thing. Usually it's Hashem tells Moshe and finish with this whole introduction, I'm calling you. So Rashi says, the truth is, L'kol dibris u'l'kol amiris u'l'kol tzivuyim. Kadma kriya. The truth is this, even though it's only mentioned over here in the beginning of Parshas Vikra regarding Karbanas, but this is a klal, that whenever we have Hashem speaking to Maisha, it always came with Vayikra. It always came with Hashem calling him first. And then after Maisha Rabbeinu comes over and is called, then Hashem speaks to him. So although it's not mentioned anywhere except for here, but this is the model that we should assume is for everywhere, and says Rashi, Lashen Chiba. And the reason why this is, is because this is a way of Hashem showing love and affection to Moshe Rabbeinu. I'm not just like commanding you, telling you what to do. I'm calling you over, calling you by name, making you feel comfortable. And then I'll give you the mitzvah. That's Vayikra Moshe. This idea of this Pasuk telling us a, a rule that applies to all mitzvahs, that all mitzvahs that Hashem Yisbarach told Moshe Rabbeinu, Hashem Yisbarach wants Moshe to feel comfortable, and to feel calm, and then in that mindset of serenity, I'll now introduce you to the mitzvah. Not only do we find this, that Hashem wants Moshe to feel comfortable, but we find this, that Moshe Rabbeinu is told to make the Jewish people feel comfortable too, when he, when Moshe Rabbeinu gives over the message to them. Because the Pasuk ends off, Vayikra Moshe, again Hashem calls to Moshe, and Hashem then speaks to him from the Mishkan, Lamar. What's the word Lamar? What does Lamar mean? To say, to say what? So Rashi says, Lamar means, What Hashem is telling Moshe Rabbeinu is, just as I'm calling you to make you feel comfortable, do the same thing to the Jewish people. Before you tell them the mitzvah that you're about to be told, introduce it with kind, loving, comforting words. And you should tell the Jewish people to make them feel good about themselves, that the only reason why Hashem even talked to me was only for your sake. So Lamar, give over this message of Hiskarvus, of closeness, of Chiba, to the Jewish people as well. So that's what this Pasuk is doing. So this Pasuk is all about the Rabbana Shalom telling us how mitzvahs should be taught to Maisha, how mitzvahs Maisha Rabbin should tell the Jewish people, and it should be in the context of comfort, of Chiba, of closeness. And this is true for all mitzvahs. So the question is, if this is true for all mitzvahs, and this is how it was done before Tzitzis was introduced, before Tefillin, whatever it is, why is Hashem using... The Parshas Vayikra with Karbanas and sacrifices as the as the opportunity to reveal us this idea. What's what's up is here? That's question number one. Question number two. When okay after this introduction, then the pasuk goes on to tell us about all the different sacrifices that have to be brought. So it's interesting. The first carbon that's mentioned in Parshas Vayikra is a carbon oil. Right, a carbon oil is a sacrifice that's voluntary. Primarily, it's a voluntary sacrifice. And it's offered in the base of Migdash, anyone can bring it. And it's unique in the fact that every single part of the animal is burnt on the altar. It's a carbon oila. That's where oila means to ascend. The whole thing is kulay kal. It's completely offered up to Hashem. 
So the question that a lot of the commentators ask is like this: If I'm introducing, if I'm if I'm listing all the karbanas, Hashem is introducing us to this idea of sacrifices. I, most likely, the, the the first thing to mention would be the most important, or the ones that you have to bring. And then at the bottom of the list, then you could talk about things that are voluntary. You don't have to, but it's nice if you do it. But the first thing should be the ones that are that you have to. But it's interesting that that's not what happens. The first, the first carbon of the, enti- the entire Sefer Yigar is about carbon. It's in the first one, the beginning, is a carbon island. And the carbon island is a non, it's a, it's a voluntary carbon. So it must be, though, that somehow our entire, if this is how Sefer Yigar is introduced, number one, with this, this concept of Hashem making the Jewish people and Moshe Beno feel comfortable, there's a certain level of closeness and friendship that Hashem is trying to give over in Vayikra. And number two, the first sacrifice is a carbon oila, that carbon in particular. So it must be the entire Sefer Vayikra has to be sort of seen from that lens. So the question is, what, is, what, is, what are these two ideas? The fact that, again, the, the Sefer Vayikra begins with Hashem showing affection and closeness to Maisha and the Jewish people. And number two, the first carbon is a carbon oila. What does that tell us about the Sefer Vayikra Bechlaam? So it's like this. There's a teaching from the Vilna Gaon. Okay, so we're going to learn some uh, some graph for the next couple minutes, and then Rabbi Nachman to explain it. You know, it might seem like an odd shidduch between the Vilna Gaon and Rabbi Nachman, but you know, it's it's actually uh, it's a deacon say the word Uman and Vilna have the same gematria. So uh, you know, there are there are interesting chavrusa shafts in Shemayim. You know, down here, might people might feel very different in Shemayim. You never know. There's a lot of connections between the Torahs of Rabbi Nachman and the Torah of the Vilna Gaon. They're very related to each other. Those that learn. Uh, the Svarm, the Kabbal Svarm of the Vilna Gai know that there's a very strong uh, Breslover feel to it in terms of the style, the style of the writing, the style of like the concepts flowing one seamlessly into the next. It's a, uh, if you didn't know, if you didn't know any better, if you read a lot of the Vilna Gai and you think it's uh, coming from Vinach, there's a lot of connections there. So there's a, ta- a concept from the Vilna Gai. He says like this. The Vilna Gai says whenever you try to get something done in this world, to try to communicate something, for example, there's five different stages that the idea has to go through in order for it to become like real, right? Five different stages. And the Vilna Gaon taught these five stages correspond to Chamishi Chamshitar. There's a certain idea, there's a certain reality that the Rabbanu wants this world to look like, and he's communicating this through Chumash. And any communication, anytime you, you want to have something change, something done, you want to whether it be uh, you know, even simply to ask someone to pass you uh, a cup or whatever the case may be, right? So that's uh, something that you have to communicate in certain ways. Sometimes it could just be like mental, telepathically. The other way, other times it's verbal. But these are the five different stages. See, I know what I'm talking about. These are the five different stages that, uh, that a person, that, that any ideas have to go through. Number one, the first stage, the first three stages are sort of within the, the person himself. The first stage, the Vilna Gaon calls Ratzin. Ratzin means, I want something. Uh, there's a certain awakening within the person of like, uh, th- there's something missing, and, and, and something should be done. Not even sure what, but there's an initial awakening of will, of a desire, of a desire. Stage two is called Machshava. Machshava is where that idea, that desire, now is given a little bit more of a definition, right? It's a little more of a definition. So, for example, um, 
Okay, so we pa- pa- you know, let's say it's something simple like passing a cup. So it means the first, the initial rutzen is, I'm thirsty, right? I'm thirsty. That that in in other words, I, I want to not be thirsty, right? And then it goes into the second stage, which is called machshav, which is now a little bit more articulated in your mind, which is, I want to drink something. I want to drink water. So the first thing is just rutzen of like, there's something bothering me. I feel thirsty. I don't want to be thirsty. Fine, but that's very undefined. And then you go to the next stage, which is machshava, step two, which is okay, a little bit more clear. I want to drink, because drinking is going to alleviate my thirst. It still, it still, it still doesn't have details yet, because like, okay, drink what? How? How am I going to get the water? Like, you know. And then you get to the third stage, which is called hear her. So the first is rotzen, very much undefined. Stage two is called Mahshava, more defined, but still details are not there yet. And then the third stage is called hear her. Hear her means a fully defined concept that you have in your head, which is, I want to drink that water in order to have it, I need a cup, and therefore I'm deci- I've decided to ask this person for a cup. Those are the three stages of the mind. Now you move on to actually articulating <coughs> the idea that you have in your head. So the fourth stage is, actually communicating to the person, pass me the cup. And the fifth stage is where you actually receive a cup of water and drink it and everything is exactly what you wanted. Those are the five stages that take place. Said the Vilna Gain, those five stages are also laid out in the five books of Chumash. There's a certain idea, there was a certain initial rutzen. There's an initial idea that the Rabbani Shlom had when he created the world. There's a certain vision of what the world is supposed to look like. There's a certain a, a, a certain message he wants to get across. And Sefer Bereshis corresponds to the first stage, which is just rutzen, undefined, unclear. You go through Sefer Bereshis, we don't really know what God wants of us. It's talking about how he created the world and the history of those first, you know, uh, generations and so on, but like, I, there's clearly something going on. There's clearly some sort of master plan in place motivating God to even begin this process, but I don't know what it is. All of a sudden, then you get to Sefer Shemais, the second book, Oh, okay, there's something becoming a little bit more clear over here. There's a chosen people. God is now revealing himself in that, through that, the, that chosen people, taking the Exodus. There's the giving of the Torah. Okay, whatever, whatever mysterious idea was motivating Sefer Bracious, it's beginning to take form in Sefer Shemais. I still don't know exactly what it is. I still don't know exactly what God wants of this world. But at least it's beginning to take form. That's stage two. That's Sefer Shemais. And then finally, Sefer Vayikra is stage three, which is what? An, a- an absolute clear vision of what God wants. And what Sefer Bracious was really all about, what God w- was thinking, what God was desiring when he even began this whole process. So the first three books of Chumash are really a development of an understanding of what God, what was God's initial will of creation itself. That began to make itself known in Sefer Bracious, although we have no idea, I just know that there's something going on. There's some reason behind all this, but I don't know what it is. Sefer Shemais, it becomes a little bit more, more focused, and like, okay, it has something about the Jewish people, something about Torah, something about, it, it's beginning to take form. Sefer Ikra is where we're, we're actually able to pinpoint and say, oh, this is what God wants. And then you move on to Sefer Bamidbar, where now the Rabbanu Shloilam passes the baton, so sort of from his ideas, to the Jewish people and say, okay, now go carry it out. 
And that's why Sefer Ben Midbar is all about the Jewish people traveling from Sinai, going to Eretz Yisrael, things actually moving and progressing towards us being able to establish ourselves in Israel and to really change the world. And finally, the fifth Sefer of Chumash is Moshe Rabbeinu, sort of on his own, giving us the instructions about how to live in Eretz Yisrael. That's the final, the final stage of actually uh, of sort of foreshadowing our actual life in this world, in Eretz Yisrael, things taking, taking space, taking, taking effect. So that's the teaching from the Vilna Gain, which means that according to what the Vilna Gain just told us, the mysterious purpose of creation, the, the ultimate desire that God had to even begin Sefer Bracious becomes clarified and, 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 and all its details are, are clarified in Sefer Yikra. That's what it means, right? And then, Bamidbradvarim is, is the Jewish people receiving that baton and trying to carry out that idea. But the first three books of Chumash are a, a process of developing and becoming a little bit more, uh, that, that rutzen of God to become more nuanced. So now the question is, okay, so what is Sefer Vikr, like, what, what, what is Sefer Vikr telling us, not just about what we're supposed to be doing as Jews, but what, to rev- what in Sefer Vik rev- reveals to us the ultimate desire of God, like what God wanted behind all of this? The answer is, it, it's the carbon oil. The carbon oil, which is the first carbon introduced in Sefer Vik, that's going to be the key to really un- un- unravel what the Gain is telling us, which is that Sefer Vik is revealing to us what motivated God to begin creation itself. The very beginning of Sefer Bereshis, which is God creating the universe, is therefore going to be explained in detail in terms of the beginning of Sefer Vikra. So what is that? That's where the Gain ends. He doesn't explain what Sefer Vikra tells us about God's Ratzin. So we have to then move from Vilna to Uman, right? So Vinachman in one in a piece in, in the Kutmaran, I think it's in, in Chilik Beis, I think the piece Yud Beis. Rabbi Nachman says like this, he's talking about the carbon oil. Rabbi Nachman traces the root of a carbon oil back to Akedas Yitzchak. Right? Akedas Yitzchak was also, if you think about it, was an opportunity. If Yitzchak would have been sacrificed, he would have been a carbon oil. The entirety of Yitzchak would have been burnt on the altar. It says in Pasuk that Yitzchak Avinu asks his father as he's going to the Akedah, Aye Hasel Oila. Where is the Seh? Where's the sheep? There's the goat that's going to be used for the carbon oil. And Avram Avinu's response is, It's you. So that's where the root is. Now, Rabbi Nachman explains that the aside of the aside of a carbon oila, and what makes it unique in term, as opposed to other carbonas is as follows: is that other carbonas, for example, are being brought primarily because there's like an aver, a person did something wrong, there's a sin on purpose or by accident, and you're bringing a carbon to fix something, to fix something. That's true, but what's a carbon oila about? So Rabbi Nachman explains that the, the concept of a carbon oila is a person trying to connect to a much deeper truth, which is, in Rabbi Nachman's language, that everything in creation is ultimately saturated with God's presence. You see, you see, in the world of, in the world of, um, you know, Rabbi Nachman, for example, quotes a, a Yerushalmi. The Yerushalmi says, if someone asks you, that word aye, just like Yitzchak Avinu asked his father, where is the seh, where is the sheep, where is the goat uh, for the carbonola? 
And Hashem says, you're the carbon. And Avram, I'm sorry, Avram Avinu says, you're the carbon. So it's Yushami that says, if someone asks you, where is your God? Like, where is God? So Yushami says, you know, you should answer. The krach God shall write me. In Rome itself. So what does that mean? I thought you would probably think, Yushalayim, Shemayim, I don't know, point up or something. Rabbi Nachman says, no, no, no. The secret of a carbon oila is this deep revelation, which is that everything in this world is created by God. Everything in this world is coming from God. Everything in this world is still connected to God. God is sustaining all things. He's sustaining things that are holy. And guess what? He's also sustaining things that are not as holy. And when a person, God forbid, even does something, does something good, that's a point, that's a moment of connection. And guess what? Even when you're doing something that's not so good, you have no, uh, it's also a point of connection. It's a terrible tragedy that at that moment of connection, a person is not living up to the standard that they should be living during those moments of connection, but you are connected to God. Of course you are, otherwise you would cease to exist. It's like, I, I've told this to people before, which is like, when, what, what we're, we know that everything is being, is being created by Hashem constantly, and Hashem is therefore thinking and investing energy and making eye contact with all things. So I was just talking to someone a couple of days ago, Taka, that he was going through a rough time, and I said to him, like, like, what were to happen if Hashem stopped thinking about this table right now? So he said to me, the table would, would fall apart, like the, the nails would pop out, whatever, it would collapse. It's like, no, there would be no table. There would be no table. It's not the shot that Hashem's focus, like there is a table already, and Hashem's focus and, and uh, eye contact with the table, so to speak, makes sure the table is having a good day. And then if the table's having a bad day, it means Hashem's not paying attention. No. Whether you're having a good day or a bad day, if you exist, it means God's paying attention to you. Because if God wasn't paying attention to you, guess what? Then you would not exist. A carbon oila means a Jewish person trying to connect to this truth, which is that God is everywhere. And there is no existence outside of Him, whether it be a good day or whether it be a bad day. There's no such thing as a Jew that's distant from God. This is the deepest secret of a carbon oila. This is why the carbon oila is completely consumed on the fire, says Rabbi Nachman, because there's no part of it that's not worthy of being put on the fire. Carbon oila opens up this idea, this, this door, this channel to us, which is that if someone asks you, like, Aye hasel oila, what is in the world that's deserving of what? of God's closeness, of being used as a sacrifice, the answer is you. Everything. You name it, that could be a carbon. That could be a sacrifice. Where is God? In Rome. I mean, I thought God's going to be in Yerushalayim. No, he's in Yerushalayim. Of course he's in Yerushalayim. He's also in Rome. Because from that vantage point of a carbon oila, it's all the, everything is, is being enlivened by Hashem. There's no such thing. There's no such thing as something that's disconnected. Therefore, from the vantage point of a carbon oila, let's understand, a carbon oila therefore makes Hashem the closest the closest thing to us. People have a certain sense of like, you know, um, uh, when, you, when, you, when you don't know someone, there's a certain level of discomfort, right? The, the, the longer time you spend with someone, the more you can like be yourself around them, right? But when you don't know someone for very much and you just met him for the first time or you see him every once in a while, so you have to, you have to sort of put on a show. You're not, you can't be yourself. So people think, so what about with Hashem? Could I be comfortable with Hashem? Could I talk to Hashem in a push it away? I, 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 don't speak, I don't know him too much. We meet each other once in a while, you know. So I, don't, you know, so I have to be on my best behavior. It's like a 
you know, it's like a second date, and it's been a couple weeks in between, the first and second. So I have to like, you know. But the answer is that's, that's not a carbon other perspective. A carbon other perspective is that there's no being that's closer to you than the Rabbanu Shalom. The Rabbanu Shalom is what's sustaining you. He's focused on you, and he's thinking about you every single second of your entire existence on good days and bad days, when you're doing good things, and God forbid, not as much. It's, it, 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 the level of comfort that a person should have with their Rabbanu Shalom is, is a greater level of comfort than you should have with any other being, any other entity. Because the closest person in your life is still someone that's outside of you. And is not constantly thinking about you. And there are moments when you're not together with that person. But the Rabbanu Shalom is no such thing. It's the whole, it's another, and this is the great revelation of Sefer Yikra. The inner Sefer Yikra, the Rabbanu Shalom says, I want you to bring sacrifices to me. The, the idea of a carbon is what? Is from the word kira, of closeness. And there's one carbon of all carbonus which, which brings out how close we truly are with the Rabbani Shlelem. Even when a person does an Avera and the person now has to bring a Chattas, the carbon of a Chattas that he's bringing is to show his ability to return to Hashem, of coming close to Hashem. But there's one carbon of all carbonus which is the bedrock, the foundation upon which all relationships with Hashem can be rebuilt. Which is a carbonado, because the carbonado says that all the relationships that you think you've, all the bridges that you think you've burnt, and now you're trying to rebuild with a carbon chatas, from the carbon asham, and a carbon oil of a yarid, all the carbonas that you want to bring to rebuild those relationships, you should know, yes, there's a certain aspect of your, your, your sense of closeness with Hashem that needs to be repaired with a carbon chatas and a carbon asham, but you should know the very bedrock of your existence is a relationship with God. So all these things that you're trying to repair, your ability to do tshuva, your ability to bring a carbon chatas and to rebuild that relationship has to come with an understanding that what? That ultimately all the repair that you're doing is just in detail. But the very bedrock of your existence is a relationship of closeness with God. And therefore the whole Sefer Vayikra, which is, a, which is all about bringing carbonus, which is about us, us being able to come close to Hashem, repair the relationships that have been damaged with Hashem through our own shortcomings, the very beginning is carbon oil. Because the carbon oil is a reflection of what? Is that whatever it is that you're trying to repair, the fact the very fact that you feel confident enough to even approach the Rabbanish Lailam after a sin, the very fact that you even feel comfortable enough to begin repairing that relationship is coming from the fact that the very that the essence of that relationship was never touched. And the Rabbanu Shalom is still the closest thing to you to, uh, imaginable. And in your distance, when the very fact that you were running farther from the you're in the you're in Rome, that's also where the Rabbanu Shalom is. Wherever you are, of course the Rabbanu Shalom is, right? Uncle Maishu would never lie to us, right? <laughs> he, would never, he, he wouldn't do such a thing. Hashem is here, Hashem is everywhere, right? And that's really the truth. And that carbon oil brings out that point. This is what the Goyen was trying to say, is that Sefer Vikra, and it begins with a carbon oil, is the ultimate desire of God when he even began creation itself. The very purpose of creation was for the Rebbeinu to create a world within which we would be able to realize this essential truth, this truth, which is that the Rebbeinu is everywhere and everything is saturated with his light. That's the purpose of creation. The purpose of creation was not that there should be a world and we just like do mitzvahs and get reward. The ultimate reward is the realization of what life is of what reality is. We do mitzvahs in order to, to allow ourselves to open our mind up to appreciate and to experience reality, but the ultimate, the ultimate reward is life itself. And that's what Purim is. Purim is a celebration of life. 
That's what Purim is. So, the, so again, going back, that's what the Vilna Gaon said. So Sefer Vikra is the fully developed, nuanced, arti- articulated idea of what God was thinking when he even began creation. And what is that? Closeness. The Revolution wants us to feel close to him. And any level of distance that maybe we sense and we feel because of our sins, the Revolution wants us to feel comfortable enough to repair, which is through a carbon chatas and through a carbon ashan, but all built on one basic foundation, which is that you're not far to begin with. That the Revolution is the closest being to you that's possible and you should feel comfortable with him. This is why, again, this idea that every mitzvah is introduced with a sense of chiba, a sense of closeness, of Moshe should feel comfortable, the Jewish people should feel comfortable, that's true with every mitzvah. But the headquarters of where we know that from is the beginning of Sefer Vikra. Because the whole inner Vayikra, which is karbanas, which is bring Hashem giving us the opportunity to, bring, to, make, to bring ourselves closer to Him after we ourselves distanced ourselves from Him, the reason why we can do that comfortably is because we never really went away. We never really went away. It's not possible to go away. So it's just a matter of being able for us to like, you know, it's like the Baltanya said, the mashal is like, like people that are face to face, so and they, then they go back to back. They're not, they're not far. They're as close as they were. It's just a matter of perspective. So when a person, person doesn't have air, God forbid, and they feel, okay, now they're, now they're in Rome, they're not really any farther away than before. They're just back to back. So what's the carbon chatas? What's the carbon asham? Moving face to face. But the very fact that, that to, to realize that with all of your distance, with all the bridges that you burnt, you're really just simply back to back instead of face to face. That's the revelation of a carbonyla. A carbonyla says that there's nowhere else to go. There's nowhere you can go on planet Earth that's outside of God's world. So you didn't, you didn't go anywhere. All you did is that you closed your eyes. Now you're back to back. Okay, once you realize that you're not really so far anyway... So now it's just a matter of turning around. Okay, so turn around, it's not such a big avoid. Without a carbon oil, for a person to actually think that by doing that there, by doing a sin, you've actually left, left Hashem's presence and now you're in the opposite end of the universe. And now you're expected to bring a carbon to bring yourself back close. Oh, that's, a, that's an arduous junior. That's a very long distance. But once you have the bedrock of carbon oil, which is wherever you go, you're in God's domain. No, it's just a matter of face-to-face or back-to-back. Okay, so that's already not such a big deal. It's not such a big, it's not just a hard avayda. So just turn around. So bring a carbon chatz, bring an ashim, bring, bring yourself close. The whole inyan of Sefer Yikra is again, this inyan of giving the Jewish people the confidence and the, and the, and the, and the, and the courage to come close to Hashem. Where does that courage come from? And that courage comes from the fact that to realize that we were never far to begin with. And all of that says the Vilna Gaon, which is what Sefer Yikra is, like Rabbi Nachman explained, rooted in the carbon oil, all of that as the Gaon explained, is the purpose of creation. That's the purpose of creation for us to realize this. The reason why Hashem even began Bereshis and created the world and began to form the Jewish people with the all of that was to lead to one moment, which is that a Jew that feels far away to realize he's not. That's the purpose of creation. That's the ultimate rutzen that God wants to, ex- He wants us to experience that, of like realizing that I'm just back to back. That's the purpose. Is that the use of Ayaka by Adam Rishon? Exactly. So Hashem is asking him, where are you? And Adam, Adam, Adam doesn't have the question, right? Because the question was really, Hashem is asking Adam, the, the answer should have been, I'm right, here, I'm right here. I'm exactly where I always was. I just, you know, it's just a matter of like, I, I didn't feel your problem. I'm not seeing. I have to turn around. 
But it's, it's, it's all of this Hashem is just moving back to back, face to face. That's the Avaidah. So it all begins, that, that's, the, that's why Sefer Yikra, I'll tell you the truth, like Sefer Yikra of all the, the Svarm and Chumash is the least appreciated. Why? Bracious is fun. Bracious are stories. Remember from the time that you're a little kid in school? Stories. Sefer Shemais? Well, it's all stories. But Midbar, also stories. Maybe some of the stories are a little bit not as, uh, not as, um, you know, it, it, not as nice as Sefer Bracious and Shemais, because there's a lot of tragedies in Midbar. And, and Devarim is also, Devarim also needs a lot of chizik, but at least Devarim is Maishar Benavi Mechazik Okay, fine. But Vayikra, Vayikra is all halacha. It's all halacha, it's all details, all sa- not just halacha of like stuff that's relatable to us, it's all sacrifices. So we have to bring Tchiyas HaMesim to Sefer Yikra. All rabbis, when it comes to Sefer Yikra, the biggest comfort the rabbis have is that it's usually around Pesach time and Shavuot, so they could like avoid the parsha by just talking about the Yom Taifim. So Sefer Yikra, according to the Vilna Gain, Sefer Yikra reveals to us what the Tachas of creation is. And as Rabbi Nachman explains, and what is the Tachas of creation as we see it in Sefer Yikra? To feel comfortable to come close to Hashem after you feel far from Him. That's the Tachas of creation. There's no safer that, so that that's that's an unbelievably inviting safer. That's what it begins. Like, be comfortable with me. Talk to me. You feel far away. You're not so far. Talk to me about anything. Do you want to talk about talk about your day? Talk about whatever. Talk to me. And lamer and give that message over to the Jewish people. They should always feel comfortable to talk to me, says Hashem, because I'm not far. And every carbon in Sefer Yikra is all about one thing. You you're messed up. You're tame. You didn't have air. V'chulu v'chulu. You're not so far. All, all you have to do is one thing, right? Just bring this little sacrifice, and you don't have to do it. Just give it to the kite, and he'll take care of it. And then all of a sudden, we're back, we're, we're back face to face. Because we're never so far. So Sefer Yikra is a mamish, uh, it's the light. You know, if we knew what Sefer Yikra is about, if we knew what happens in Yikra Bonus, we knew what Beis English was, she would have been here a long time ago. So we have to, we have to appreciate that. And that's the purpose of cre- tshuva. Chazal say the first thing that Hashem created in the universe was tshuva. The first thing is always what the, what the, what the goal is, you know, what's the tachlis. So the first thing Hashem thinks of, it must be the purpose of creation. What's the purpose? A Jew that feels far, coming close. Tshuva. That, that's the purpose of creation. The purpose of creation was not to be tzaddik, and the purpose of creation is to become bali tshuva. That's the purpose of creation. And that's what Sefer Yikri is. No, Hashem should help us. We should be zechot to feel close. And that's why... That's why this part, this Shabbos, is Bashkacher Prat. It's not just Parsha Yikra, It's also Parsha Zohar, right? We remember what the attack of Amalek, and what was the, the attack of Amalek? The attack of Amalek, Amalek's attack on the Jewish people is to make us feel that the diff, that the distance between Mitzrayim and Har Sinai is like, Ashakarcha Baderach. They attack us on the road as we're traveling. The, and, and, let's, and the deeper the meaning of that is the attack of a Amalek is to make us feel that we're on a road, that we're traveling somewhere else, that God is over there, and we're over here, and we have to travel from here to there, and once you have a mentality of derech, Amal, you're susceptible to a Amalek's attack. The, an, the answer to Amalek is, what derech, what? Where do you think I ever was? I'm just back to back, it's supposed to face to face, but I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be, I'm in God's presence all the time. That, that, that's Mechiyas Amolek. That's what Purim is. Purim revealed that Shushan is Yerushalayim. It's an Afkamina. The Rebbe Shlolem is in, is in, is in Yerushalayim. He's taking care of you. He's taking care of you, Shushan, too. 
That's why the, 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 the Purim of Shushan Purim is orchestrated in such a way where it goes back to allow Yerushalayim to be celebrated in Shushan Purim too, right? From the, 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 the cities have to be as old as Yishuvanun to allow Yerushalayim to celebrate Shushan Purim. Why do we want Yerushalayim and the city of Shushan to be related to each other? You know, it says in, in Mishnah Masechus Midas that in, in the Harabayas there were five gates to the Harabayas, right? And the Mishnah says in Midas that the, the eastern gate to the Harabayas, the eastern entrance to Harabayas, over the, you know, there was like, it was a, it was a, it was a doorway, you know, on the walls, like you have, uh, like Shariafa, you know, it's like a, and then on top, there was a decoration on top of the eastern gate of the city of Shushan. The city of Shushan, there was a, um, what's the word, like, um, uh, when you look outside and you see the skyline, you know, whatever it's called, uh, skyline, okay, fine. So the skyline of Shushan, Habira, was decorated on top of the eastern gate of the Harabais. And the Mishnah says, and from the eastern gate of the Harabais, with that picture of Shushan, that's where the Kayin would take the Paraduma, from right from there to, to Haramishcha, to a, to a mountain, and to go through the process of preparing the Paraduma, Dafkam from the eastern gate. What in the world, what in the world is the city of Shushan doing on the Harabais? Of all cities. Mr. Ramam says, because since Persia gave us permission to rebuild the second base. Maybe it's just like Garzatayev to make sure, you know, to be in good standing with the government. But uh, such a thing. The answer is Shushan, Yushalayim. It's just a matter of face-to-face, back-to-back. It's a real nafkimina. The Rabbanu Shalom's hand with divine providence was taking care of us in Shushan as much as he was taking care of us in Yushalayim. And it's nafka the paraduma that's, that goes for that gate, right? Because what's the paraduma? Tameh, Tahar, Tahar, Tameh. It's an Afkamina. The guy's Tahar, he thinks he's close. The guy's Tameh, he thinks he's very far. Nah, it's not really any much of a difference. This is a matter of face-to-face and back-to-back. And so it's Dafka the Paraduma. That's why the word pur, Purim, Rabbi Nachman writes in one place in the Kutumaran, that the word Purim is related to the word Para. And it's Dafka because of Purim that we have the Kaich to have the Paraduma. So the Paraduma is prepared as the Kohen Gadol takes the Paraduma through the eastern gate of the Harabayas, right under, in Yerushalayim, but reminding oneself of Shushan Abira. This is all the same. That's the secret of Purim. The secret of Purim is Parshaviyikra. That's why Chazal say that when Haman, when Haman comes to Mordechai, when everything is falling apart for, for Haman, and he goes to Mordechai, and he greets Mordechai, and he's about to tell him the news that, that Haman has to escort Mordechai throughout the streets, and Mordechai is going to be celebrated. So what does he find Mordechai doing? So Chazal say that he was teaching school children the halachas of kemitza, right? Kemitza is a sacrifice, a flower offering, that uh, the kain takes a fistful of the flower and burns that on the altar, and he's teaching that with children. And so Haman says, uh, I'm seeing now that your fistful of flower was able to overcome my 10,000 pieces of silver that I tried to buy your death. What is Karbanis? That's from Sefer Yikra. That's Parashat Yikra. The Minchah is in Parashat Yikra. But that somehow overcomes Haman. What, is, what does a Karban do with them? The answer is, Haman is Amalek. Amalek means you're far from God. And in order to come close to God, you have to travel a long distance. There's a big difference between Yushalayim and Shushan. There's a big distance between those two places. That's what Haman says. And once there's a, once there's a distance, then you're susceptible to attack along the way. That is the attack. But the whole Indian of Perm is... Shushan, Yushalayim, Zanaf Kimina. What's the difference? Yushalayim celebrates Shushan Perm too. There's Shushan, the skyline of Shushan is on higher bias. Paradum is Matami the Tar, Matari the From the Rabbanishmas, it's all carbonyla. It's all carbonyla, Zanaf Kimina. 
And that's the, that, that's the, that's the antidote to Purim. There is no derech. Everything is either back-to-back or face-to-face. But wherever you are, it's just your perspective. That's the secret of Purim. is like a valdegiyantiv. Sefer Yikra is an unbelievable sefer. Karbanis is an unbelievable gift that the Rav gave us of, of, of being able to repair a relationship. How, do you, how could you repair a relationship with you between God and God itself? How could you repair that? The answer is by realizing that it was never really broken. That, that's, that's what a carbon is. And all is rooted in carbon oil. It's Vayikra al-Maisha. No, Hashem should help us. We should be started to realize this. That we're talking never close, not never far. And the difference between closeness and distance is mamish. It, it, it's kichut asayir. It's a, a hair's breadth. The difference between Yerushalayim and Shushan in such a way. It's just a matter of perspective. That's the, the tahara of the paraduma. That's how. That's why it's it's Purim that leads into Pesach. Because you want to get out of Mitzrayim. The only way, ironically, the only way to get out of Mitzrayim is to realize that Mitzrayim is not so different than Yerushalayim. And then, with that confidence and realization that you are in the presence of the Rabbanu no matter where you are, now it's just a matter of moving from back to back to face to face, that you could get out of Mitzrayim. But if Mitzrayim is like hours, uh, you know, light years away from Yerushalayim, you're never going to get out of Egypt. You want to get out of Mitzrayim? First have Purim. First realize that, you know what? The Rabbanu is everywhere. Now that you know the Rabbanu is everywhere, you have a covering Allah? Fine. Now you can begin to to try to find him and try to m- make eye contact with him. But that's where it begins. Purim moves into Pesach through Parsha's part, through the Paraduma. Hashem should help you, should be zaycha, to have that clarity, both Bifrat and Bechlal, and the whole world should realize this truth of I am a kan kvaidai, molekor et kvaidai. The is called Tzedek, Meherzim, Amin.